Hello, Sorensen Sound. I have already forgotten what I was gonna say. Oh my god. My memory really hasn't been the greatest these days. Um, but let's not worry about that too much. Because that'll make everything worse. I think it's because since I got sick over the summer, and like, in some sense, I literally recovered. Uh, but in a much more real sense, the rest of my health has fallen apart. So, it's just offset <laughs> any initial improvement. And, uh, yeah. But that's okay. Things slowly leveling off. Still, like, concerned about the fact that I don't know what was, like, ever really wrong. And I don't want it to happen again. Um, if I get sick, like, I, I don't want that to be, like, anytime I get sick, it's just an immediate, um, crazy sounds. Are those frogs, question mark? I don't really know if you can hear them. Uh, but I'm going for a walk to get some pastries. I had a nice long meeting with one of my favorite professors. And... She kind of, she just made, oh god, the couple's love. Um, they're elderly, so I don't hold it against them. It's not as though they can hear each other. Yeah, throwing shade at the elderly. Please don't accuse, accuse me, accuse me of ageism. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, no, I just really like her, and she taught at, um, this university in Copenhagen for a long time so it's very nice to have someone like familiar with the Danish mindset because as much as I really dislike reducing like any culture uh, including mine right oh my maps is telling right me things I really didn't want that to happen um, but it's just nice to have someone that's like familiar like resonates with that because it's, it's a struggle for me sometimes because I, like I feel as though this is quite a common phenomenon in the US where like you grew up in the US and even though my mom's not the one that immigrated it's like another generation my mom's very very American <laughs> on some level um, but like you still just have like the place where the way you think develops is very much guided by your family. So I still have a very Danish mentality where it's like family kind of like very much have a lot of respect for those older than you. And which I think a lot of people might disagree with externally, but if you're like from a Danish family, like you like, cause it's not, there's no sense of authority. It's just like mutual respect. But you still are, like, hold, like, your grandparents, like, in high esteem and whatever. And you do what they say. But, um, it's also, cause it's, I don't know, complicated. But, basically, um, I, it's just nice to have conversations with professors that are somewhat like-minded and don't really understand, like, the hustle behind the politics of something like academia or work in general. Um, you know, because it's, to me, it's kind of like, okay, 
someone with a similar mindset to me is just as like incredibly successful as some other people that have worked really hard. And this kind of like is outlying any social factors that could contribute to this because she, she had to work very hard coming from a different country to the US to Denmark. And like a woman in business school, <laughs> like that's brutal. Um, as she said in her own experience but it's just it's nice that like because I feel as though especially in the US there's this mentality that you have to bend to capitalism (laughs) in a large way and you have to bend to some kind of conquering mentality that I really don't resonate with and like I, I largely don't understand, and that's something we've talked quite a bit about. She was like, I can see why you struggle in the U.S. when you, like, you have such, like, a Danish way about you, where it's just, like, that kind of, like, club attitude of, I went to this prestigious school, so I'm going to stick with these people, even though we have nothing in common, know nothing about each other. It's just so, like, that's so bizarre to me. <laughs> um, and I really struggle with that, so... It was nice to talk to her to kind of figure out a life path because as much as like I've gone to career services or I've done any number of informational interviews with other people, um, it's with like career advisors, whatever. They're and sometimes only like literally helpful, which like is an aid and a plus a plus. But um, it's just like, oh, fix this on your resume. Do this in an interview. They don't really um, like know you, per se, or it can be too literal and too logical. Whereas professors, I feel like it's, it's strange because it can feel limiting to know your peers only in a classroom setting. Like, there's the idea of, like, oh, friendship is very different than um, just being classmates is. But there's something where I feel like a good professor can, like, they know something about you. (laughs) Like, there's some intuitive element to someone that's been teaching for a long time where they just kind of, like, they get something more about you based on the way that you think in class, if that makes sense. And so, like, something that speaks to a greater personhood that is kind of inherently limited by peers. And I guess maybe that's like a competitive element as well, where they just see you as competition and it's just, there's no power dynamic to me with teachers because they're just like free-flowing ideas. Or at least that's how I treat class. And I really hate that kind of dictator-like teachers. Um, so... Uh, long story short, we just had a nice chat about different kind of mentalities or social aspects of academia in different countries to kind of gauge what would be a good path forward, especially because I want to do a PhD later in life um, and work for a bit. And so I was just kind of like, oh, like, would this affect whatever? This do this? And her advice was ultimately that, like, a PhD in the U.S. is kind of unmatched still. Uh, So ultimately, I should go there and decide if I then want to go to Copenhagen. But she recommended working there for a few years, as I want to work already, um, to get a lay of the land. 
so it's but and I was I was just like just to throw it in there I was like oh like what do you what would you think about a PhD in the UK for instance because while I know that by and large like not to diss a whole country's academic culture but it's in the ways that we do already judge it like those world institution lists you know um it's not like I already know that it's harder it's a smaller country so innately there's gonna be like less top of the top and literally just less programs um but she kind of very heavily alluded that I should rather focus on Denmark probably uh, I was like okay especially because she knows me better to some degree and though she hasn't worked in the UK it's still like very proximal for research purposes so but that kind of has me like I always have wanted to go back to London for a while and though I didn't necessarily see myself settling down it kind of has me wondering if maybe I should just try and go work in the UK for a few years and then work in Copenhagen for a few years and then get a PhD and then decide if I will teach where I would like to teach, you know? Um, so I'm kind of seeing that as my path, which makes things easier in the sense that I have a direction to uh, throw my energy. <laughs> but it's also, in a very real sense, it means that I have to get there. To the Having a plan makes life easier and harder. Um, I have to pause to see where I'm going. One second. Also, I guess if this wasn't already obvious, I've kind of realized lately that I have this tendency to really want to explain, like, how I get to different decisions. And I think it goes back to, like, my deep fear of being misunderstood. And I think that even relates to what we talked about today, where I just tend to... I don't have a very... Uh, American mindset, or at least not one that would make me successful and one that is certainly not rewarded. Um, but I just tend to like always explain what I'm thinking, why I'm thinking it, how I got there. And it is so common for someone to be like, oh, like, why did you go in that order? And that's kind of like what being an INTJ is, where <laughs> you just, you very much have your own logic like it's with any kind of systems thinker you're gonna have your own systems innately crazy how that works um but yeah this is i have such a tendency to explain my thoughts but i think it is also like i don't want to make it all about other people i do think on some level like it is quote-unquote for me because i really like to analyze myself and my own modes of thinking so like because change is built is like an innate part of how I structure my systems and I think a lot of people kind of find fault with systems thinking because they're like oh it's a closed circuit like whatever I'm like well no like change can be built in is kind of crazy that that works um like always or reviewing my thoughts and so it's easier if I also spell it out And sometimes, like, talking through my thought process of, like, what I want to do for the day, I'll be like, oh, like, mid-thought, I'll be like, oh, actually, like, rewriting it in that moment. It's like, oh, it's actually easier to do this, and just once you say it out loud, because otherwise, if you don't say it out loud, you won't catch the review, 
aspect or the change aspect because otherwise you're like oh like this is just how I'm gonna do this this is like just like things sound different when you're just barreling through and it's kind of like I guess it's kind of like visualization which is something I did a lot with swimming where you see yourself going through the process and then it's easier once you get there because in a sense you've already done it you've already like played out uh, the feelings and all of that and so when I talk about my day and I visualize it I can see where like if I had gone through the day was at the end of the day I was like oh I could have done this and it would have made more sense on this route um I can see that more in real time so that's why I also think it's just helpful to talk about my thought process as well as a means of justification because I've grown up so heavily in an environment which requires me to whereas in Denmark that's not really so necessary because uh, there's just mutual respect uh, for interesting people and I am interesting and this is something that I've kind of been thinking about, is that I think part of, another reason why I felt, like, a pressure to adhere as much as that's just, like, what, quote-unquote, society, we live in a society does, um, is that, like, I had a very unconventional childhood. I've had a very unconventional life in so many ways. Not that there's a single way to live a life, but it's just that every pretty much every single part of what is like projected for a child typical milestones mine are all really weird subversive if you will and so innately with like very strange life experiences at very young age it's gonna like change the way you think and alter your perceptions of reality and so it's like oh, I was so different, and now... And, I, and that's something I've always felt. Is that I was like, oh, in some way, just always kind of an outcast low-key. Um, maybe Black Swan's better than outcast. <laughs> but it's just, like, very individual. And I, like, couldn't understand the outside world, and I, like, have a lot of difficulty understanding the games that, like, people growing up around me, like, kind of understood. And I was like, why are we playing games? Why can't you just say what you mean? What are we talking about, please? Um, And so now it's just, like, now that I'm capable of kind of uh, dictating where I go and I have insane control over my mental... There's a lot of people suddenly, so... um, Because I got to that go to control over my mindset. I could flip switches like there's no tomorrow in there and just cold turkey do whatever um it's like okay I'll figure this out but it's why I gotta do that that's just like an apologetic sad way to go through life and so thus even greater reinforced comfort by someone that didn't alter themselves you feel me so but I am almost home gotta get ready for class and ponder when I want to eat Slash what I want to eat. It's a hard, hard life. Okay, while well, I'm hanging laundry to dry, even though I put it in the dryer twice, it was in there for six hours, and these bitches still are, like, a little damp. Um, especially my socks, because as my mom 
says I just never learned to put them, like unravel them so that they actually dry. They kind of just stay wet. Uh, but that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm very much a person that my whole life is kind of oriented towards love. I guess there's some people that are like very career driven, very like socially driven. And I mean like, not that I feel like love is related to that because of many reasons, but it's kind of, I guess the idea of status would maybe be more apt. Like it's wealth, it's status, it's some kind of power, or it's like purely academic, like purely ideas are what motivate you in this world. Uh, not purely, but the, the core of it is. And for me, the core of it has always been love. That's just what my whole life is about. Platonic, romantic, that is like the main thing that I care about. Um, so for me, like, I feel as though I probably mentioned this, but I feel, feel weird. It feels really like vulgar and I don't like that because I'm usually someone that's so against any kind of taboo um but I took a year of celibacy maybe it worked maybe it didn't I'm not telling you um, <laughs> but basically uh like that was kind of weird to get to know myself outside of relationships like focus on me I guess that would be another like a lot of people are very focus on bettering themselves and I am as well but I think mine is kind of always in the context of like let me be better so that I can be better for others like it was very seldom self-referential and that was really what I wanted that year to be and I think even if the tenet of my <laughs> belief of how that would go, go across with celibacy maybe wasn't fulfilled um sticking to it largely meant that I did really focus on myself and I did get to know myself in a lot of ways that I hadn't and it was full of growth for me and kind of inadvertently like so this is something I don't know that I've spoken about but I've been thinking about it is the idea that even if you kind of like you feel as though I always feel as though I'm stumbling through <laughs> through life a bit and it's from the outside, I was very confused to realize that none of my friends think that. They're like, oh, no, you're so, like, motivated, driven. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, like, and it took me a while to see how that happened because, I'm like, I have worked hard on this, but I'm a very intuitive person or I trust my intuition very largely. And I think we all should for reasons I will not get into right now unless I've already gotten into them. And this is just something I'm repetitive about. Um, but there's so many socks for me to hang up. I really should learn to unravel them when I take them off and put them in the hamper. <laughs> um, bum ba -dum. What? Oh. <laughs> I forget the trains of thought. There really is no railroad in here. I'm just off-road constantly. But, Lord Almighty, have, Lord, have mercy. What song is that from? Um, I'm going to pause this. If anybody walked into my apartment, they would just see, like, underwear and socks drying everywhere. That would be such a jarring experience. <laughs> like, luckily, no one is ever coming in here. Um... 
But anyway, I'm just going to hope that the point eventually comes back to me because I tried, like, I saw it for a moment and then it was gone. Um, but yeah, so, oh, so it, like, if you follow your intuition, I found the point. You, so I, I think I remember talking about the Honda cases where it's like getting in where you can does not counteract some kind of strategy because like having the idea itself and just seeing where it fits is strategy in and of itself and that's how it'll look from the outside kind of always and like post fact once it's been quote-unquote successful it'll be like oh of course this was gonna work because they found this spot which is like really great but to you it's like oh my god I'm finding the spot you know um and so that's kind of I guess how a lot of my life looks is like I'll suddenly get a moment, like literally just a moment of clarity and I'll be like, okay, this is going to be the next move. And then I just find somewhere to put my foot, I guess, kind of think of it like rock climbing where you're finding the path. And so it's like, after you've cleared it, everyone's like, oh, of course, that's how you get through this one. But when you're in the middle of finding it out, like the puzzle, it's like, oh, whatever. But once you find footing and it works, it's kind of like, oh, of course that was going to work, I guess. But it only worked because you found your footing. And I feel like that's what my life is kind of like. Um, but taking, I've talked about this before, taking this year with the master's to kind of figure out how to transition my academic brain to more of a work brain and how that's even easier for me in <laughs> Copenhagen because I don't have to play games all the time. I really hate playing games. Like I'm good at it, but once I'm in it, like it's so, I, I really don't like it. Um, I really like when people say what they mean and are pretty straightforward. And I think some people might be like, oh, but that takes the romance out of life. And I was like, no, I still have room. Like, to me, that only makes more room to explore the ambiguity of life. Like, if you're straightforward about the things that you can be, you have more time and more energy to discover nuance, you know? Like, that doesn't revoke it or deny its existence. It's just, it allows for more space. And anyway, so this is kind of my year of career and still focusing on myself, but trying to find like love in other places, even though I'm still like very much harping on friendship. It's still like, like I said, where it's all these new friendships and I have to like really try to keep in touch with all of my friends uh, because it doesn't come naturally to me in some sense. Sorry, I'm trying to crack my back. I still am. I went to acupuncture today but it's still still chaos in there uh and for the first time they put the, the she put like electro things on me which I've only had done at the chiropractor so I was like Ooh. um it felt good Bum, so yeah instead of my year of rest and relaxation which I did have my first year of living moving into New York was that kind of fugue <laughs> mental state um but I've always just been, like, drenched in romantic love. And to me, that does, like... I'm going to have to wrap this up soon because I have to get back to class or to campus and then go to class, rather. Um, and I was hoping to eat before, but we'll see if that actually happens. But, but, but... Oh, yeah, I think that, like... So this is going to be messy words even for me but 
I think a lot about intersections, which I've explained before, where it's like, even if people agree on a single point, you got there for different reasons and you'll take away different things because you have different lived experiences. And so you'll also connote the same thing in different ways. And that goes to like pointing towards relative moral relativity, but also on some level, like path dependence, where like what you've lived or how you've lived and what you've seen kind of limits what you think is possible. And this goes to, I think, Einstein's idea of axioms, uh, which is very similar, uh, but leans more on the path dependence side, where it's like, oh, you've... You, like, if you turn, uh, like, on a much more literal road, if you're going north on I-90, it would be hard to get to Kentucky. You know? Really weird niche usage there if you're not from Chicago um I don't know why I thought that anyway because like you would just have to do a lot of reroutes and it's just like that's literally just not the way you get there you know that's just not it (laughs) um oh but when you fall in love it's like I've kind of thought about this before and this was always a point of frustration for me but I think that friendships can often I think a lot of people use friendships as crutches to reinforce their own beliefs and that's why it's kind of frustrating for me not that not like I have no say in other people's lives so it's not really whatever but I guess more than frustrated it's just genuinely very strange to me when people are just like only ever friends with the same people they've known their whole lives and I was like oh so you all just kind of like as much as there can be a great deal of acceptance and understanding in that, which is beautiful, which is something I've learned from watching Gossip Girl, uh, but I also think that has a lot to do with wealth, um, is like you're just going to perpetuate your own karmic cycles, and so you just want to validate the belief that, oh, like, oh, my life is this way because it has to be, and this is just how things are and how the world is. And so a lot of people don't make as much French room for new friendships as they do make allowances for romance. So it's like, sometimes people are like, oh, I already have friends, why would I need more? But I don't have a romantic love, so I'll do whatever. I'll like drop all of these boundaries. I'll change all of these things. But that's kind of the thing though, isn't it? Is that like, love is so chaotic. It's so different. It's so apart from your own reality. And it's a, it's like, to me, very, uh, quite nearly, I'd go so far as to say synonymous with chaos because that's when you're able to be like, oh, so much is possible so much of the future, like, of this laid path, I'm willing to, like, adjust, or more than that, I, it's just, like, being able to see someone else's future so tangibly, one that I'm very unfamiliar with, makes me believe in so much more, and sometimes that can be problematic if you're someone that just, like, gives into someone else's reality entirely, like, if they don't allow their world to be changed by love because they want to reinforce what's happened to them, that's its own thing, but that's, I think that's part of why, as someone who values understanding different routes that I've leaned so heavily into love, is that it means that I can completely change my view, my worldview, you know? And that's why it can be so earth-shattering with heartbreak, where it's just like, oh my god, there was this whole reality that I had, a whole new reality, and now it's not, a, I, but I also don't feel connected to the initial one I had before this, like nothing's the same and I have to reconcile all these things and you have to find a lot of new meaning, um, which is tough. Busley. <laughs> I guess that's what I had to say. I thought this was going to be like, ultimately have its own kind of 
mishmash episode. I also really wanted this to be an interview with a friend that I think is going to be visiting because I was asked um, to host a podcast episode or interview kind of episode. But, and I wanted to be a concise, clean three seasons, 16 episodes. But I guess that maybe there will just be one more special episode. Oh yeah, but I guess if you don't know, this is probably going to be one of the last episodes because I want to try and force myself to go back to writing and being more open with friends and sending this kind of thing to my friends instead. But we'll see if that actually happens. Maybe it will be a weird fourth season, but I don't like the idea of this just like trailing on forever as though it's, I don't know, like Fast and Furious or something. Or Marvel. Oh, scary thought. <laughs> Ah, okay. Love beams.